welcome to the Barcast. Really shaking up. Bringing you the latest from inside the industry. Watch this space. I love that. Brisbane's best. Tell us what's what and who's who. Whatever you like. Memory of bar. And bar moment. Yeah, bar moment. Bar moment. Been too many. (laughs) Barcast is live in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Barcast, a podcast that is bringing you the latest from inside the industry. I'm still your host, Lauren Pollock, and joining me back on the mics this month is my co-host, Liam, from the Bar Committee, plus our fabulous industry guest. Liam took the mic in the very first episode with Clinton, so don't forget to give that a listen if you haven't already. Liam, welcome back to the mics. Good day. Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited about today. I don't know about you. Oh, exceptionally excited. Um, As always, before we jump into the juicy bits, I just want to go through a quick recap of why we're here because I'm a big fan of the old overcommunication. Brisbane Advertising Association, the creators behind Barcast, are going virtual in 2021 so that they can stay connected with you. We want to create a conversation for the industry by the industry. All you really need to do is sit back and listen, hopefully have a few laughs and learn a little something along the way. And if you haven't already, sign up to become a bar member. But don't just take my word for it. Liam, why should our amazing listeners become bar members? I'm so glad you asked, Sloan. It's been a question on your lips, I can tell, for a while. I've <laughs> been eager to get it out there. <laughs> and and the, the answer is really simple. Um, as I said in the first podcast, um, but I'm more than happy to go through it again, is we are an organisation which is only for the benefit of members. Which I um, love. Uh, exactly. And, and we bring our community together in Brisbane for social purpose in order to give back to our community and we do that in various guises the podcast is of course one of them having genuine conversations with the industry and for the industry but also through memberships and we are a member funded organization we don't make any profit any profit we do make is channeled right back into the community so please do check out our website our brand spanking new website and have a look at the membership section it's a very good website i'm very excited um and base membership is only 33 dollars and tax deductible (laughs) it's my favorite thing to say uh, yeah i said this three times every podcast so that's number one (laughs) here we go take a shot every time for more details on all things bar head to bar.org.au and with Liam back, our favourite segment is also back. Liam, I'll let you do the honours of introing. The Barometer of News. <laughs> um, it uh, is one of my favourite segments. And uh, I've been doing a good bit of uh, trawling, going down a few internet rabbit holes, as, as one would expect. Uh, and there's been a couple of things that have been getting our attention as a committee. Uh, and, and the first one is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. It's what we can't get enough of. And I don't know, Lauren, whether you've heard of this, but if not, we're, we're going to do a bit of quick education session on B Corp accreditation have you heard of that before no so this uh, i'm trying to do a little bit of research before we hit the mics and then i thought why should i do research when liam is clearly an expert in this area (laughs) well well i I did drop down some notes to just to give the soundbite because they are a brilliant institution and i went down such a rabbit hole i spent like two hours researching them yeah so b corp is um for for want of a better word it's about sustainable business and it's an accreditation you can get as a business to ensure that you not only have the right values in place but you have a legal certification in terms of your commitment to both profit and purpose and what that means is is that if you get it as a business you consider the impact of your decisions on community and your shareholders. And it's fascinating because there are actually some digital agencies that have actually got this, mm-hmm. and it's a worldwide accreditation. And I thought it was fascinating. It's, it's, it's an accreditation out of 200 points. You need 80 points or more to get your B Corp certification. And increasingly, wow. post-COVID, as consumers are thinking about more sustainable type of purchasing and considering the societal impact that companies have, I really think this is a hot topic um, and something that not just advertising, communication and marketing businesses should consider, 
but broadly businesses as a whole, as we start talking about the, the parlances around the triple bottom line, so people, profit, and planet. Right. Um, have, have you heard it before? Or? Yeah, I had it before you brought it up, but I'm very interested in it. So any business can become certified. That's right. And so the certification involves, and, and it's, it's actually funny, I've actually signed up for a course. They offer a free course. Wow. In UK, you can actually, yeah, it's introduction. As an individual. People. Yeah, as an individual. And they, they partner with Tons University. So I'm very clued up. So yes, yeah, there's two parts to it. One is um, essentially an assessment of all the things you do across a couple of areas of governance, workers, community, environment. So you need to get 80 out of 100 to become accredited, but you also need to change your company constitution, which is essentially if you're a yeah. company, have a constitution, it is for the benefit of shareholders, but you change that to also have a broader remit than just your shareholders, so community, for example, yes. environment. So I think as we talk about sustainable and ethical marketing more in our business, which is a huge huge amount of um, noise and good discussion around that. I think this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. I did have a quick look. You can actually search the B Corp accredited businesses in Australia and New Zealand. I love that. And I think um, sustainable business, any business, is really important, especially for young consumers who are very conscious of sustainable practices. So I'm excited for this. And I'm excited that you're doing a course on it. And I... I'm now going to sign up for yeah, my own it's call. Free. It's free. I feel like I'm plugging them, but, it was, but, but, but it's a He's great. He's getting plug. no money. I'm, getting, I'm getting no, no commissions. <laughs> I would disclose all my um, remuneration structures, but um, I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. And I think um, great that uh, a digital agency or two have already got it. I'd love to see more communities and indeed companies get it in Brisbane. So yeah, definitely. And for more information on that, we'll pop, pop it on the bar. <clears> pop it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, so next on our list of things to talk about is the. A-A-N-A or... The double A-N-A. Yeah. You, 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 you you're, <laughs> you're very well versed. I know. Um, I, I, I just shake me and I produce for that. And a healthy dollop of cynicism as well. Uh, so <laughs> <I love that. laughs> Other things too. It depends on time the double A-N-A and MFA, so the Australian Association of National Advertisers and the Media Federation of Australia. Oh, my God. Whoa. I'm just getting far wrapped around my tongue. I can hear everyone dialing out. Um, <laughs> they have um, put together an incredible document, um, which is essentially a best practice guide to pitching. Now, whenever I mention pitching to anyone in the business, so client side, agency side, mm-hmm. media partner side, you normally get that kind of half frazzled, half excited look. Um, it's it, it is. Uh, and I think it is the glamorous end of the business. You do some of your best work when you pitch. In my business, we talk about pitching as a great way of incubating talent, creating new product, and really doing things that perhaps are more risky than you would do if you had, if you had an existing client. But it's also a really laborious process. And, and the trend now, of course, is you do all that work for free. And there's a lot of IP which agencies and other providers essentially give away in, in that process. So I think it's really great that we now have what is considered industry best practice when it comes to pitching. And they've, they've put together this amazing scorecard of principles, so respect, fairness, transparency, and accountability. The things that I drew out of there, which I'm very curious to see, not just agencies in Brisbane, but hopefully nationally, ascribe to is how do we incorporate one, value, more than cost, and secondly, something called a behaviour charter. Okay. Which, yeah, so at the start of the process, they encourage that you put out, in terms of the tender documents, a charter of things like the high-value behaviours you expect during the process, how feedback will be given, what the feedback mechanisms are, the specific evaluation criteria, who owns IP, and there's even a note on pitch fees. Imagine being paid to pitch. Amazing. But That would be, that would be the dream. Mm, so um, I think it's an amazing step forward. Um, and I think many people are listening will be pleased to hear we have that step forward. But 
there's also a lot in market and there has been some, some interesting articles and avenues and other trade press around some advertisers already going perhaps against what best practice would be. So um, an ongoing area of really interesting concern for us as an industry and something I hope that, that, that many adopt and, and certainly in Queensland as well. And, and of course, you know, being in a business yourself, you must pitch for so we many We do, things. we do. So I'm keen to get some, to have a look further into these guidelines um, because I think it will help us structure our pitches a little bit more, you know, with a bit more mm. oomph and and, and and not only that, I think it should be fun. Like I think I think you know we we often think about pitching and go, oh my gosh, it's so much effort. And, and yes, it is, but it also should be fun. It should have some glitter to it, and it should it should, in theory, be an enjoyable process for everyone. It should have a wow factor. Yeah, yeah. And, and it shouldn't feel like a soul destroying exercise. So um, I'm I'm really pleased. <laughs> I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'll say it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but so I'm really pleased. I think it's an awesome. The WNA and the okay, deserve the credit. For, for putting that together for sure. Fantastic. And we'll, again, put those details in the Barcast notes. And the final thing we're going to talk about today is overhead on Queen Street. So we Overhead all... on Queen Street. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we're <laughs> sorry, overhead. My God, I don't have my glasses on. So we obviously live in beautiful Brisbane, which has brought the sunshine out today. Yes. Um, but we haven't been all sunshine. After our monsoon. Type. I, felt, <laughs> I, felt, I, felt, I felt like an amphibian. Like, <laughs> there's, there's been that much, that much rain. So, yes, uh, overhead on Queen Street. So one thing that's been really interesting for local point of view is the importance of Boomtown. So Boomtown is essentially an initiative by regional media partners to promote the value of not just the regions holistically, but specifically regions for advertising. So okay. they're in a really interesting organization and Queensland in particular, I believe, and many in our industry and our association believe, is well placed to leverage the power of regional Australia. Brisbane is about 48% of the population of Queensland, which is very different, of course, when you think about the likes of New South Wales and Victoria. And there's been some brilliant stats that um, the Boomtown have actually released um, when it comes to the power of regional Australia and some some things that I just wanted to sense check with you, Lon, see whether you thought would be surprising or not. Okay. Would, and where are you from originally, Lon? Brisbane. Oh, you're yeah, okay. I am from Brisbane. Right, so, Brisbane born and bred. Okay, well, we, we can... Uh, we can uh, Dispel some of the, okay, stere- the stereotypes go. that you may have. So, I have a question for you. Well, it's not live, but you can pretend it is. So, I'm curious to know what do you think is the, the number one employment sector or role in regional Australia, holistically? So, a, a type of category of profession. I would love to know what you think the number one in is. In regional Australia. In regional Australia, yeah. I assume like farming. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do my own sound effects. No, actually, you would be wrong there. I kind of trapped you. It's actually professional. So 562,069 people in regional Australia are professionals. Exactly. The second is... My face is of shock. Mm-hmm. I'm the shocked. The second is te- technicians and trade workers at 15%. And then the, the, the third is at 13% managers. So interesting. Okay. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so 30% of regional consumers have a professional management role. So it's it's interesting. And so thank you for being my guinea pig, by the way. Um, and <laughs> many many people have this perception of regional Australia as being all about agriculture, and yes, yeah. it, and, yeah, and yes, it is. But at the same time, there's so much richness and, and, and strength in the economies in those areas. And there's there's 8.8 million people that live in regional Australia, and only about circa 10 percent of the advertising budgets of advertisers go to regions, whereas about a third of our Australian population is in those regional areas. So mm-hmm. one thing that's really caught my eye in this space is an advertiser, so Mitsubishi. They've come out and said they really have seen the value of this type of advertising. They've taken it to, that they've disclosed, they've moved to about 20% of their investment into regional Australia. And they talk about localization rather than regional advertising. Because I think even that word and 
regionalization has a bit of stigma to it and the way it distances us you know what i mean like mm. but i like globalization i'm big on like national feel national stance local feel exactly. you know what i mean so we're all different our communities are different our community needs are different so if you can localize your marketing and to what that community needs you're going to have a big return on investment in my opinion yeah, yeah. And, and this and the audience stereotyping trying to move away from that and realise that they actually, you know, as my question being my guinea pig, thank you, Lucy. Sorry. And and I promise to get out to regional Australia sometime soon. Well, you know, the Gold Coast is technically regional. Oh, really? Yeah. So from advertising point of view, yeah. So I feel like I was very trapped there. uh, You were. But you you, you were a good sport. But I think Boontown is something I've I've heard of Queen Street locally that I think is going to be of of increasing import versus Queensland audience. So there you have it. We've had the um, things that we can't get enough of. In terms of B Corp, um, the things we're watching really closely in terms of the MFA and AA best practice pitching guide. And then locally for us, I think the, the Boomtown initiatives and how that scales in 2021 to cement the importance of regional or local markets, I should say, uh, are things that, yeah, certainly I've been, I've been hearing. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's jump into it. You ready? Yeah. We're going to bring Helen, our guest, in so today. Um, so this next guest, Helen, um, today works at a place we all know can guarantee most of us interact with on a daily and sometimes hourly basis. Never, Has um, <laughs> probably contributed to keeping us sane in 2020. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Helen Black, who leads the connection planning function at Facebook ANZ, helping partners navigate change, consumer behaviour and build better connections between brands and people. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. How are you today? Coming all the way from Sydney. Yeah, I'm feeling good. A a little bit husky. I hope I don't cough and splutter. Um, Maybe not as quite as sunny as up there with you guys, hey? Probably not. We are having a pretty beautiful day. So um, it's unfortunately, but what is the weather like in lovely Sydney? It's been a while since I've been down that way. Yeah, it's looking out the window. She's just checking out the window. It's acceptable. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay, so we're just going to jump straight in here because we're very excited to have this chat. And as always, we'll kick off with a few easy questions to start with. 2020, we all live through it. How would you summarize it in one word? Unrepeatable. <laughs> I love that. Can I expand? Or am I- yeah, no, go for it. No, no, no. We're just one word and we move on. No, we don't want any context. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd love to know. Why, why, yeah. why that word? So I actually studied um, history as my undergrad degree, um, which weirdly is a subject about the future and not the past. And I guess it it taught me to understand, um, you know, what's come before to avoid repeating mistakes. So I, I say unrepeatable because I really don't think it should take another pandemic to force us to accelerate change that was needed anyway. So I really hope that we we hold on to that and remember that as we move forward, which we've also got to do now. Okay, I love that. Okay, so another easy one that I'm going to bat and then I'm going to hand over to Liam. I think it's important for our listeners to understand what's the role that you actually play at Facebook. I handle Facebook every hour, like every 15 minutes I'm on Facebook. So, and so for me as I am, I'm there for you. Um, So for me as a young consumer, I'm assuming that, you know, I have a very, I guess, narrow scope of what people who work at Facebook do. So I just want to know what you do. You've been there for two and a little bit years. Yeah, nearly two years. There's actually, there's only a couple of us globally in my role, a bit of a, bit of a rare breed. Look, what I do is help our partners and our clients and agencies 
understand changing consumer behavior and then to build better connections between uh, brands and people like yourself using the platform. So basically, I just get to obsess over people's behavior, which, you know, what people are doing and talking about and how they feel about things. So um, thinking about last year, you know, whilst whilst it was a really difficult time, it was really fascinating to see how people, you know, were shifting their behavior in so many, so many different ways. So I guess in my role, what I do is get to ask, okay, so what does all of that mean? And how can brands use that to their advantage? I love so that. It's a cool role. Yeah, I love, I love, I'm a huge fan, Liam knows, of connecting people and building communities and things like that. And you do it in a, an extremely diverse space um, that's like worldwide. So I can't think of a better job. So thank you for joining us on the podcast. Oh, yours, today. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to bat this and, one to Liam. And I'm super thrilled you've um, agreed to call. So thank you, Helen. Uh, I think was on, as an association here in Queensland and Brisbane, we really want to make sure that the types of people that we're talking to have such value for our listeners and our community. And, and we know here in Queensland there is an enormous array of independent and digital agencies, and indeed an absolute plethora of small and medium businesses that rely on Facebook as a platform. So we thought, you know, you are just a brilliant guest. So thank you again for, for, for your time today. And, and I also want to call you out because I think you're being a bit too humble. So Helen is, is fabulous at Facebook. And I'm not just saying that because I like her. She is. So yeah, she, uh, her <laughs> continually. Is, is, and this sounds is, I know, I know. Um, is, uh, is, you know, it is a, a unicorn type role. Um, and, and I think, you know, given the, the type of upheaval that we had in 2020, I, I, I'm really curious to know, Helen, were the types of things that you were working on during the year that was perhaps the perfect environment for the type of connections planning and strategy role that you that you have at Facebook? Were clients asking you different questions? Um, were you doing things that perhaps you never thought you'd be doing in your role, given the year that was? Yeah. I mean, there were just people were asking so many questions. And especially at the beginning, it was like, what, what are we going to do here? And then to understanding people's behavior, I think going straight back to, okay, well, what are people doing? How are they responding differently and making sense of all of that? I'm kind of sort of laughing a little bit in my head now about this podcast because I did this weekly, it was called COVID Live. I did a weekly webinar around the sort of the, the changing insights that we were seeing and how marketers might be able to make sense of sense of that. So it was, it actually kind of kept me sane and gave me a real rhythm throughout the first part of lockdown to be to be keeping in touch that way. Um, but you get lots of different questions as people were trying to as I make immediate kind of contingency plans and then start to think more strategically and long term, okay, how are we going to shift and, and adapt here? And do you think we have any good lessons or, or types of behaviours that will persist as we move into, and I'm sorry, get the buzzword bingo, um, I suppose buzzer out into a post-COVID world, or uh, or you know, or peace or PC era. Um, do you think we've got any good lessons and learnings or behaviours um, that we will carry over? Yeah, I think one of them is around the increased sort of desire for flexibility when it comes to marketing plans. Um, and I think with all of that disruption that happened to you know supply chains and consumer demand. It was the adaptable brands that really survived and uh, grabbed hold of opportunity, I guess, in everything that was going on. So 
you know, whereas we used to see this kind of fixed marketing and the, and the lay down of, of plans sort of a year ahead, six months ahead, I think everyone has understood that they have to be so much more agile and sort of have a strategic vision, but know that things are going to change quickly and even very simply around border openings or, or localized lockdowns. And, and just, I think that uh, mindset will will continue through. I think that is a really valuable valuable lesson. Mm. And, and related to that, um, I think we've all seen, and certainly I've got a, a USB drive and files of probably like 30 or maybe even 50 decks of predictions for the future in the post-COVID world and trends and things like that. Um, when it comes to your area of expertise, of course, communities and, and social, what do you think is the one big change we're going to see um, as a result of COVID? Or perhaps you, you're seeing it already um, in the types of briefs or all types of activities you're seeing in market? Yeah, I, I think so. My prediction is kind of about prediction. Oh, oh, I like it. <laughs> a bit inception there, sorry, but oh, um, I know. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about we've, especially with so many more people sort of jumping into online experiences, we, there's just so much more choice than we've ever had before. Right, the shop floor is now infinite, and choice is no longer bound by shelf space. So I, I think we're seeing this real shift to the way that we're discovering and buying things. And this is where the, the technology side really plays in. So armed with the power of artificial intelligence and the algorithm, we're seeing this continued, and you're right to say, are, you know, are things continuing? Yes, the continued rise of discovery commerce. So not just sort of meeting consumer needs, like, oh, searching, I'd like a new top, but actually anticipating and predicting them. A little bit like engineered serendipity. So discovery commerce is probably my, my big piece there, but I also known as disco. So once you, once you talk about it as disco, it's going to be stuck in your head forever. And you, you might remember that one now. I love it. Well, there you go, discovery commerce. Um, New and words that I'm learning all the time. I know. I'm pretty afraid of what the algorithm might suggest for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be. <laughs> Very afraid. It probably knows more about me than I do myself. But uh, no, I, I think I think that's awesome. Uh, and I suppose I have to ask you, Helen. You know, obviously you work at you work at Facebook, and, and I suppose it's one of those employers that are one of the better term. They're one of those barbecue employers. You, know, you, you mentioned that. When you're, you know, you're putting your schnags on the barbecue um, and uh, you say, oh, wait, you know, the question comes up. Um, so where do you work? What do you do for a living? Um, and, and Laura and I'm I so talking, glad that you explained this, Liam, because I did not understand this that. question. <laughs> and I was like, what is a barbecue? <laughs> Maybe that's my craziness coming out. In, 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 in <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. So I, I'm curious. I love the education that I receive on this end of the podcast. <laughs> And I'm really curious to know, what have been some of the, the best reactions you've had when you people have said, oh, you know, I work at Facebook? Because I'm sure you've had quite a few good ones. I have. I have. We can edit out the, the experience. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're right. Look, as soon as people hear the word Facebook, they're sort of, they lean in a little bit closer because we are at the centre of so many big, you know, political cultural, social debates of the day. So everyone has an opinion, good or bad, about where I work. I think the, oh, the best reactions are from some of my friends that have small businesses 
And they tell me about how they've used the platforms to build their communities and to grow. And I, I love that part of it. The other, the other random one that I've had, which really made me laugh, was when my taxi driver thought, when I said I worked with Facebook and Instagram, thought I was an influencer. <laughs> he, was, he was so intrigued. And I think maybe he had a secret passion that he was looking to monetize because he was very, very specific about the questions he was asking. Well, it's very funny you mentioned influencers because I have a, I have a lot of confession to make. So um, I work in advertising. You and do? Uh, Yes, I'm guilty. Uh, and, so, and, and second <laughs> confession, Your Honour, is um, I don't actually have Instagram. So I, I feel, I know. I'm, not, I'm actually quite I'm, shocked by this. Yeah. I, don't, I just assumed we'll you were. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed you were an Instagrammer. There, I thought Liam was an influencer. Yeah, okay, uh, here we go. You flattered me. Uh, so I, I'm curious. Uh, speaking, uh, giving you a taxi driver, thought you were an influencer, and that's and you know let's run with that. It's a cardinal sin to not have it. Why should I get Instagram, Helen? Pitch it to me. What, what? 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 Why should I do it? Oh my god! I cannot believe you don't have Instagram. First of all, <laughs> I would like to say that. I'd like to put it on the record. So, if you are not on Instagram, you are missing out on the glory of the home edit and the rainbow organized bookshelves. Um, you're missing yes. out on the fashion genius spotted yes. by the sartorialist. We've got some aggressive knowledge. Yes. By the way. Um, <laughs> you are missing out. What else? Oh my God. You're missing out on the unbridled cuteness of the dogs of Instagram. What yes. else do I love? <laughs> NASA. NASA has some of the most beautiful imagery of the universe I've ever seen. I'm just going to stop you there, Helen. Everybody go and follow NASA now. Yeah, NASA. And you're missing out on Beyonce as well. You know, equally as impressive as NASA, right? So (laughs) I I guess Instagram is the, I see it as the beating heart of culture, you know, where you get closer to what you love, you feast on your passions and you discover things. Have have I converted you? I'm hoping you're uh, on the same. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think Beyonce's already getting me there. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and, and the NASA thing is tipping me over the edge. And no, I think you did very well. Um, and no, it's a bit of an aberration. But I had to, given you're your, your on the, the, the podcast today. So uh, I think Okay, so Liam, you're not on Instagram. No. Are you on TikTok? Uh, I'm not on TikTok. No. Okay. I'm not on TikTok. But TikTok is come, it's sort of like building momentum. It's here. It's there. It's also on Instagram. So you don't have to get both. Um, you can just TikToks on Instagram. Well, they just transfer Mine their alone. their wow. TikTok files onto the Instagram, and so I don't oh. have to be on both either. Oh. But Helen, how do you feel social as a channel is changing in 2021 and beyond? Like, let's not cap it at 2021 because things are always changing. Yeah, um, I I think social is just the most fascinating place because it's where we it's where we do so much. You know, we are we are um, snooping into the lives of Beyonce. We're catching up with our friends, messaging our friends. We are joining community groups. You know, all these different behaviours, right? And time spent is growing and usage is diversifying. What frustrates me a little bit, though, is how we're spoken about as a channel. Okay. So how can all of these different behaviours that people are um, exhibiting and how they can be harnessed in so many different ways for so many different outcomes. How can they be thought of as one channel, right? You know, we've got video products that are in line with other online video. We have customer service capabilities. We've got the diverse voices of influencers. So I guess kind of, I'd really, 
I'd love to see clients and agencies think more deeply about the role that social, I'm doing inverted commas, I realize you can't do that on a podcast, <laughs> social in inverted commas, um, can play on a plan and really break it down and be more thoughtful with the different ways that they can use it. Brilliant. And I think that you're right, the, the versatility is the strength and the issue. In, in, in the classification, I suppose. Um, which, uh, and to that end, uh, I'd love to know, Helen, <clears throat> you must see so much in terms of best practice campaigns. And I, I, I think we'd love to know what would be your pick the best uh, of recent times where social, again, inverted commas um, for the audience, has, has been used to, to that versatility and to that strength. What, what's been one of your favourites? My all-time favorite, this is a big statement I realize as I'm making oh, my all-time favorite advertising campaign is Nike Nothing Beats a Londoner. So I don't know if you guys have seen it. No. I can hear from frantically Googling it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so frantically Google as I do a terrible job of explaining it to you. So it's about um, these endlessly enterprising, um, fiercely competitive young Londoners, and they take us on a tour of their city and they're striving to one-up each other with their sporting prowess in football and fencing and all these random sports. And it is just, it features these incredible cameos from famous Londoners. And because I am from, I grew up in London, it just gets me. I think it's genius. And the other reason I love it is that, not only from a really personal perspective, but also they just, they use the cultural power of social to get momentum behind this idea. They started, um, they started with social. They sort of use the influences and the famous people that are in the content. They use little snippets of it and they drew you in. And I just, it was so, so good. Amazing. And as a, as a Londoner too, I, I can resonate with that. And now actually, I do think I remember it. Now you've mentioned it. Um, so I need to go and just check. Well, I'm it glad it stuck with you yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it rings a bell in my, in my um, decrepit brain. So yeah, oh, there we go. That's um, one I need to go and refresh myself on. Um, and I want, I'd love to come back, Helen, to something you said, which I know will have resonated with Lauren, um, around small medium business and uh, indie digital agencies and, and listening to this particular podcast and probably thinking, how do I take my relationship yeah, 100%. with Facebook to the next level? What, what And that's obviously a massive loaded question too. How so broad, In a few quick it, sentences, yeah, how can what, we take it to the next level? What broad advice would you have for those who are listening? I'm going to give you a really simple answer because I think, Liam, you, you spoke about the sort of the breadth of Facebook it is the sort of the great thing, but can also sometimes be overwhelming. So really simple advice. Blueprint training. There's so much great resources and stuff online that you can follow Blueprint Training. I love Blueprint Training. Do it. I tell all of my friends to do it who are in this business, like, do it. Yeah. So do it. There you go. What do she it. said. Um, just do and, it. <laughs> and um, there's just tons of resources online, Facebook for business, lots of lots of useful things there. So uh, that's a very simple answer, but look into those resources and it's a great place to start. Beautiful. And um, it's funny, actually, I'm, I'm actually involved to do a blueprint course myself. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Just so, do it. Uh, I'll, um, I'll be reaching out for any hard questions, Helen. Don't worry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am also going through my own blueprint certification, so you can do oh. it as a Facebook employee. So um, there you go, there you go. We, can, we can 
we can form a study group if you like. There you go. <laughs> get, get on my Matt's app, uh, mark pens and post it mania. It'd be fun. The the other thing, Helen, uh, you, you kind of skirted on it um, when you talked about versatility and, and even the night campaign. I could there's some overtones of it. And you talked about influence and, and UGC in that example. I'm really curious to know, in terms of the marketing critics, academics, thought leaders out there, of which there are many and many interesting personalities, is there one that you particularly fangirl over? You think, yes, I completely aligned, or are you more kind of buffet in style? You know, I agree with that one, hope with that. Or I'd be curious to know. I have to, probably the second. I can sometimes be a contrarian, so I will always find something, something to pick apart or explore further in what people say. Something I'm doing right now, actually. So I'm running a program for some of the best planning talent in Australia at media agencies. And I'm living my fangirl um, fantasies right now because I'm talking to all of these incredible people. So from Rosie and Faris Jacob, if you know those guys from Genius Steals, been speaking to Megan Quinn, who was a co-founder of Nessaporte. And this is this is the Uber territory for me, Malcolm Gladwell. So that wow. is just the ultimate, ultimate thing. So I am so lucky that I get to chat to some of these people. So maybe actually I do fangirl over him a little bit. That's true. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? What a brilliant brain. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. We're sitting here looking very jealous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to wrap up with a quick fire. Is that right? Yes, I think we'll do some some of our favourite regular quick fire questions. So I'm going to start. Yeah. What's more important, media or creative? Creative. Fantastic. Mm. What is more effective, Helen? Traditional or digital media? Digital for effectiveness <laughs> across the range of objectives. <laughs> oh, what's your preference, Zoom meetings or face to face? We're obviously on Zoom, so. Yeah, but face to face, I'm. <laughs> I may have to appropriately dress my bottom half, but I can read body language and and lean in and get close. Oh, you should see us. We're we're face to face, and we look terrible from the waist down. So. <laughs> and then, well, finally, what is more irritating? workshops or marketing jargon and in this instance you have to assume that there's no marketing jargon in the workshop i think you're really unkind with this question so my answer is jargon by the way but i think a good workshop is a thing of absolute beauty i just think the problem is there aren't as many good workshops as there should be so that's, that's yeah jargon for sure and what's the what's your most irritating bit of jargon Oh gosh, it's not the death of something. Sort of a, <laughs> the death of advertising and the death of brand building. Like even um, even Kodak, you know, is still going as a business. It's not died. It's just changed. So no death off, please. If it's not dead or dying, yeah, the industry isn't interested. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like the, so I'm glad we're not talking about the death of cookie. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen, for joining us today and giving us insight into your working world. That's it from us. Have a fantastic one. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, guys. That's been great. And um, again, thank you so much for coming on. And um, we will we look to see you soon at um, one of our bar events. Indeed, uh, we'd love to get you up for our infamous uh, bar Christmas. Yes, event. yes, we would. So um, I would. Love I am. To- I am there. I am there for sure.
Brilliant. We will we'll be in touch. Thank you again, Helen. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. 